Welcome back to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for everything that is CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B, and with me is my co-host, Scott Murray. Hello, everyone. Hello, and joining us again uh, since uh, she was on for episode 7 of The Flash, she is uh, a writer for Fantastic TV, Entertainment Weekly Community. And she's now also the associate producer of uh, Assembly of Geeks, as well as a host of Assembly of Geeks' Pay Carter podcast. And she is the lovely Miss Lauren Galloway. <laughs> Hi, Andy. Thanks. Hey, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for coming back to the show. Um, we're, we don't have any Flash news per se to talk about, so we're going to just jump right into this episode. Um, also, just quick plug for Supergirl Radio, though, because they, their new episode is now live. Uh, episode Zero is now live. There, It's available on SupergirlRadio.com and on iTunes. So, Teresa and Rebecca, they did, I, I listened to their episode, and it was fantastic. So, if you guys are looking for a fantastic Supergirl podcast, look no further. Go to SupergirlRadio.com and uh, start subscribing today. So, we're going to talk about episode 12 that aired last night at the time of recording called crazy for you and yeah i do think about that beyonce song a lot uh, when i hear that title so that is, I, don't know, I don't know if the title is exactly crazy for you but anyway so we're here to talk about episode 12 uh, which is um which was kind of the relationship episode of the flash season one so far as we well the case of the week is a meta human named shauna and who can teleport and she's known in the comic books as Peekaboo, I'm not making it up. Look it up. And also, her, who was trying to get her boyfriend Clay out? And it was basically, and even though I've never seen this movie, this was basically the Flash's Bonnie and Clyde from everything I've been told. So, um, Lauren, let's start with you because you are a guest this week. Um, what did you think about Shauna and Clay and their dynamic throughout this whole episode? I really liked it. I thought it was refreshing to see. Um... A female metahuman. I know we saw Plastique. When was that? Episode 3, episode 4. But, you know, it's pretty much been metahumans who are guys. And so as a woman, it was kind of fun to see this really kick-ass girl, you know, teleport all over the place and break her boyfriend out of jail. She reminded me a lot of Nightcrawler, especially um, Alan Cummings' version of Nightcrawler in X-Men 2. I thought that was really cool. Um... I liked the idea of Bonnie and Clyde. It reminded me a little bit of the Marvel one-shot, what was it, Item 47. It's like the couple that finds that Chitauri weapon and they go on bank sprees and start robbing banks and stuff. Um, But I like what you said. This really is the, the relationship episode because, you know, the whole episode, Barry is talking about how he's pining 
for Iris, but she's not loving him back. And then Caitlin talks about pining for Ronnie, but he isn't really able to even talk to her. And then you have Peekaboo, who is like risking her life and exposing her metahuman powers to rescue this guy who eventually at the end of the episode just leaves her. So it was a really interesting parallel about the things you do for the people you love, even if they don't love you back. And what about you, Scott? What do you think about it? Uh, I thought they were very entertaining. It was um, a solid episode. Um, you know, I, I pretty much agree with everything Lauren said. I also really liked the uh, fight sequence in the tunnel and the Flash having to come up with ways to, uh, once again, uh, fight another metahuman with a specific set of powers that he has to get creative and figure out a way to defeat. It's something that they talked about early on that, you know, as Dr. Wells said, you know, everybody has, you know, a weakness. Everybody has a, a place that can be in um, their powers that can be exposed. And in this case, it was her being able to see where she was going to teleport to. So I really liked um, the, the fight they had inside the tunnel where he had to knock all the lights out quickly. And that kind of ended things pretty quickly. But I, I still like how they um, uh, came up with a way to... Um, shut her powers down so that they could capture her. Yeah, I I liked I think it was a lot of fun. I I I wasn't too big into Clay, but I liked Shauna and her you know, and Lauren, I don't know, did you ever watch a show called The Tomorrow People that aired last season? I didn't. Okay. Well, that was Robbie Mel's show about um, you know, people that could teleport and use telekineticism and what uh, what not. And the way they used her effect when she was teleporting actually reminded me a lot about how they did um the the the, the teleportation sequences on that show. So, yeah, it did it did remind me about Nightcrawler Nightcrawler, uh, and of course we're talking about the X Men character, not uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal film. <laughs> I know this. Uh, I've noticed. <laughs> Definitely <this> not. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people joke like you know, oh, there's a Nightcrawler movie, like not that Nightcrawler. So no, but uh, it reminded me a lot about how they do the teleportation sequences on the Tomorrow People when they did Shauna's powers. So it was a little bit of both, and um, yeah, I you know she, I know I just I just wasn't in, too much into their characters. I I. I, I like that she, you know, was a strong female that could teleport and you know do all these things. Um, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if I liked how she was written. It was a little bit she, you know, catch me if you can, Flash. And it's like, yeah, okay. And it's like you know, it, it, it was kind of like a little bit cheesy, but you know what? I'm gonna let it slide. It was because it, it didn't bother me too much because this was a, it was a very fun episode regardless. So, um, which I think. Takes, takes us into our next conversation topic. Yeah, we um, uh, saw a, uh, a, a nice development between um, Barry and Caitlin and their relationship. Uh, definitely saw a whole side of Caitlin we had not seen. <laughs> uh, <when laughs> saw she, many sides of Caitlin yeah, we've never yeah, seen Yeah, multiple before. sides of, of Hashtag Caitlin. heroes don't peak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's... Uh, she's uh, quite the fun person to be around when she gets a little, little tipsy. That's uh, that's uh, one thing for sure. But it's uh, um, it's interesting to see the flirt. It was interesting to see kind of the flirtation there happen. But at the same time, you know, they introduced Linda and the whole um, uh, set of circumstances as well. So right when you think there might be something happening there, here comes Linda. 
uh, and uh, she captures his attention. And obviously, we know that that's going to turn into something, which I think will be really interesting. I think Linda's involvement in all this is going to create some some really interesting circumstances um, because we know her to be a pretty strong-willed woman as well, and uh, not afraid to speak her mind. And of course, uh, Barry is the Flash, and he's going to have to figure out a way to balance a relationship and uh, being a superhero, which generally doesn't uh, always work out well, but even more so the fact that she works for the same company that Iris is, and you could argue that she actually holds the position that Iris would really like to have uh, at the company. So um, it's going to create some interesting issues, and it was all set up by uh, uh, one trip to a karaoke bar. (laughs) So so a lot of things, uh, you know, it was interesting to see, um, you know, a new side of Caitlin, but I think the the, the bigger element to the story is is how Linda is kind of... coming in and going to have an impact on future episodes, not only with him and Caitlin, but also, um, but also Iris with Iris being, uh, working in the same place. I really liked all the snowberry scenes and not because I ship them, not because anything romantic needs to happen between them, just because it's fun to see them be friends because they do spend a lot of time together and there is an intimacy that develops, you know, when Caitlin's listening to what the flash is doing and, you know, she regularly, um, you know, sees him at risk and she's regularly worried about him and sees him in danger And I think it's really cool that they got to just, well, he didn't get to drink because he can't, but, you know, to have a few drinks and to sing and to have a good time. And I thought it was really cute how, like, he got her changed and he put her to bed and, you know, like, I think on other shows they would have made that like a kiss moment, but I thought it was really good that they didn't because at the end of the day, Barry and Caitlin are just really good friends. I agree to that. I'm... And this was something we were asked, I was asked a lot about on Twitter last night when I tweeted when you know when I tweeted out uh, you know my classic uh, two hours left before a new episode of the Flash airs and then I added the hashtag Belinda which was specifically created by Grant Gustin so everyone knows but I I didn't do it because I preferred one ship over another uh, so and I like I'm not really big into shipping anyway I I will say though that if I you know if I have a f- favorite ship on the Flash. Of course, it's West Allen. I'm crazy for West Allen, but um, like Lauren said, I I think that you know when when I say I love all the Snowberry scenes as well, I, I'm saying it because I like the relationship. I like them as friends and how like how each of them kind of strengthens the, the other one's weaknesses. If you know what I mean, like maybe that's a weird statement, but how. Because Barry is kind of like that loose and fun guy. And, you know, Caitlyn, since she, she lost Ronnie and then got Ronnie back, who doesn't want Caitlyn back, you know, he's been kind of able to help her get out of her zone, if you know what I mean. And I and I like that a lot because... The, and then she kind of completes him in a way. And so not as terms of, well, he, she is his final true love, uh, but uh, just that they kind of bring out some, you know, some of the things that the other one needs. Do you really think they have a mutual understanding that they're just friends? I mean, I know that everything we've read makes it pretty clear that they're they're going to develop something between Barry and Linda. But if that's where they're going, strictly with that, and Caitlin and Barry are just going to remain friends, I I don't know. I found a tremendous amount of flirtation in that one 
uh, scene they had back at uh, Star Labs where she said she's ready to let go. She's looking right at him and says, she's ready, to let go. she's ready to let go and find somebody else to be crazy about. She could like him. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like a Felicity thing. Like, I think they do like each other. I think there's a little restraint being exercised on both their parts, maybe because they do work together, but they could play that out in later episodes. Caitlin could totally fall for Barry. Cause you're right. There was a lot of flirting going on in that scene. There was a, there was a moment though. I think when Barry left star lab and, and um, like she kept just looking at him, at him from the back and she had that look in her eyes that kind of hinted that, Hmm, what do I feel for this guy? something deeper is going on in there but um, I guess we will have to see you know what maybe the Flash will kind of avoid going into because I I don't personally I think that with Alyssa I think they've made it a little bit of a mixed thing because there's those really hardcore fans but then there's also the fact that you need to make sure that this show that that, that, that air still represents Oliver's journey to this show is about Oliver Queen the Green Arrow not about a specific relationship and so on. So maybe they, who knows? Maybe Snowberry is just going to be kind of like what Fitzsimmons is over at Age of Shield. It's kind of like they're good friends and all that. But maybe there won't be anything more than <clears throat> more than that, like love or them getting together and whatnot. Well, regardless of what happens, sorry, I'm I just won't be calling them Snowberry. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a it's a clev it's a clever name I think I think it well, I still keep thinking that it's a name of an ice cream or something, but no but I I I, I think Snowberry is a fun name. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I think I think it's a fun name too, but I like to refer to everybody by their shipper name, even if I don't ship them, just because I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah, same here. Plus, then you don't have to say Baron Caitlin, Baron Iris, Baron Cisco. It's like, you can just, you know, you, people will get it. Oh, when we say Snowberry, you know, we're just talking about their dynamic. Probably not be like, oh, look, that, this is the latest installment of Will They Kiss or Will They Not Kiss? <laughs> Join us next time. Same Flash channel, same Flash time, Flash. But, <laughs> but, um, but Cisco had a big journey in this episode, didn't he? Yeah, what did you guys think about him working with Pied Piper and then finally discovering what happened to Ronnie and Dr. Stein? Um, you know, at first I I was kind of worried about where they were going with that because, you know, I, I sometimes worry, and only because I've seen this happen so many times, it's not that I don't trust the writers of The Flash, um, they've they've done a lot of things really really well and that I've really liked. Um, I just sometimes worry when certain events get forced just so they can make other things really cool things happen that don't necessarily make character sense. And I was worried at first that you know that after all after we saw all this you know this you know this really um, mean spirited rivalry between the two of them introduced you know last week that um, that. I had I had trouble really believing that Cisco's literally going to let him out just because he wants to find out this mystery. However, um, because it was you know it was a big risk. However, I I thought when um, you know obviously when Pied Piper gets away, Harley gets away, and they have to uh, they come back, and Doctor Wells says Cisco has something to tell you all, and he 
um, explains why he did it um, because he still feels guilty thinking he could have waited a few more seconds and saved uh, his life. Um, that that was something I hadn't necessarily considered. So I, I really thought that was a good explanation for why such a risk was taken because early on I was struggling with you know, the validity of or the reality of him actually letting this guy out um, just to go find out you know, more information about this one person. So um, it was an interesting dynamic and it just, it just helped me um, accept a little more after Cisco gave his reasoning later. I, 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 first of all, I just love Pied Piper so much. Can we just say how great of a character he is? Like, even though he is, look, he's a dick in every way possible, but I, this is the kind of, wow, I could have made that, that whatever I was about to say into something really R-rated. But I, even though he is kind of a douchebag in every way possible, including being a douchebag in six different languages, <laughs> as Cisco said. Yeah, like, exactly. I find, I find it amazing that uh, how can you still be a dick in six different languages or something, whatever he said. But I I like, like, like I said last week, I like the fact that Pied Piper is kind of like Cisco's villain. That he's like, even though Pie Piper is a Flash villain, I kind of like that Cisco may have this dude as an antagonist whenever he does become a certain superhero. Now, did, was anyone surprised by the fact that Cisco was kind of good at fighting? Like, in, in other, you know, he wasn't the be- he was he was by no means an Oliver Queen, but he was like he was doing flips and all that. I'm like, whoa, my boy Cisco is being a more badass than I thought he could. That was really cool. I was actually, I was really, I was curious to see how they were going to fight each other when they first started, you know, to kind of wrestle. But yeah, Cisco had some moves. He had some leg sweeps and um, I loved how he created the vibration machine um, because that's a nod to vibe, right? Yeah. No. uh, Yeah. And. Well, they every time he they have him do something vibey, it's kind of like the best pun intended because, like in his first Arrow episode, he said, "Do you get a bad vibe of this guy?" And like everyone, I, I was looking so deeply on my screen. So yeah, no, I I like whenever they do Easter eggs to that. And now it kind of shows us that yeah, like when he like, if he would become vibe, Carlos Valdez could definitely do all the stunt things and stuff like that. And um, but I. I, you know, I know people. Some people have been speculating. Well, will, will this Cisco really become vibe? And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but that's kind of like how Cisco is in the comic books, how he fights and all that. So I think that, yeah, like he just proved to us last night that if they ever proceed and go on making him a superhero, that yeah, he could definitely make it work. And um, and I like that he did. Like I'm still getting to the point where I'm wondering, will he will he ever get powers to become vibe, or is he is his Hero stat is going to be through mechanical means, but that's no. But that's a different conversation for another day. Uh, I, did, you, I did. I did find it. Did anybody else think when he had the whole discussion about why he did this? You know, because he wanted to find Ronnie because he felt bad about what happened. <laughs> did it? Did it cross anybody else's mind when Caitlin said, "Look, what happened when the accelerator exploded and all that happened?" You know what happened that night wasn't anyone's fault. Was anybody waiting from someone to go except Doctor Wells? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. Actually, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. We, we, we completely interrupted each other. Lauren, what did you say? Oh, no, I totally agree. That was my first thought. Like, it actually is somebody's fault. He's in the room with you right now. And I saw that on Twitter, Scott. I saw a few different people be like, "Uh, actually, it's Dr. Wells' fault. (laughs) Was anybody paying attention to the last week? (laughs) You know, when uh, when he said that he he, uh, triggered that thing knowing it wasn't uh, a complete, uh, they weren't completely sure it was going to be a success. But yeah. anyway, that was neither here or there. But I, as soon as she said, you know, what happened that night was nobody's fault. I literally said it out loud, except Dr. Wells. Yeah, except, <laughs> for, was time, sh- except for time-traveling crazy people who don't yeah, right. really <laughs> And, like, when there was a shot at Harrison during that conversation, I was like, do something. This is your fault. <laughs> don't, don't, put, don't put the blame on Cisco. You, you, you probably orchestrated this whole thing but uh, no but that i i like how forgiving caitlin was like even even though she was hung over uh, she was like I, by the way it was just so hilarious when she said um you know i want to i want to throw my arms in the air and scream at you but i'm i'm too i'm too knocked out so i can't <laughs> um, um what did you guys think about the Ronnie Dr. Stein situation because I know there's been a lot of speculation about how are we going to see these two characters share a body on the show and I feel like like to me it makes sense the science makes sense the way that they've been talking about it and then when they were watching that video of the the blast radius how you could see like the imprint of Ronnie like get sucked into Dr. Stein's character what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I I wish I had spoken to Firestorm fan um, Shag Shag Matthews from FirestormFan.com before um before getting to recording because I I I wanted to get his tag and see if this was if they did it accurately because I know that they're probably gonna have to change a few things but but personally hmm, I I kind of like I kind of like what they did and, and how it's gonna work if if all it's that one scene did not help me to, too much it it was. It was it was a good visual, but I'm not sure how much it will explain how much it explained as of right now how this dynamic is going to work. Like is um, but I, it seems that you know we will see. I I think that maybe Ronnie will be visually the one we will see, but we we might see Robbie Mel act out a lot as Martin Stein because that's you know they have to be merged in some capacity. But yeah, but um, you know I don't know how much like, I I think it was cool and how we. We we've seen it, you know, take shape so far, but I do think I need to see more before I can say, you know, oh, I'm I'm digging this, or like, no, I don't understand this or whatnot. But um, so Scott, maybe maybe you have something better to say than I did. No, I'm right with you. I mean, I just you know I don't have any initial thoughts on it really. I mean, I think the way they set it up is fine. You know, I just think it'll we're really going to see how much sense it makes and how well it works when we see the two of them on the screen together, which is coming. So I'm just waiting on that. But um, but Lauren, what, like, how did you like? What else did you did it? As someone that I don't, I, I don't know if you've read any Firestorm comics, so but but for someone who is maybe not as familiar with uh, Firestorm, like, how do you like? Do you like what you're seeing so far? Like, is it is it making sense and all that? Well, it's interesting because I spend so much time in social media. I read a lot of other people's reactions 
to comic book characters like Firestorm. You know, so if you spend any amount of time on Twitter, you know there's been so much talk about Robbie Amell being on The Flash, specifically because he's Stephen Amell's cousin, but also because he was on Tomorrow People. And so I feel like, for me, out of all the people that are going to be on The Flash this season, Robbie's character has had the most hype. And I don't know if that's because people really like Robbie or if they really like the Firestorm character. And so I know for... Uh, months people I feel like they've been trying to explain how this convergence is going to work when they heard that um why can't oh Victor Garber when everybody heard that Victor Garber was cast people started to talk oh how are they going to do this double character merge like how is that going to work on television and I think from what I saw yesterday I think it's going to work and how that's going to play out. I don't know. Like you said, if we're going to have more of Robbie Amell on screen or if we're going to get to see Victor Garber as Dr. Stein at all, but well, I think it'll be cool. Well, I, you know, there's, I think there's other things you can look at as far as ideas. Um, I mean, since it's television, you know, you, you just have to get creative. I mean, you know, you, you might just show um, Victor Garber when he's speaking and then switch switch it around. Um, you know, I also think of like heroes when Allie Larder had another version of herself um, that could take over at any moment, and every time she looked in the mirror, <laughs> she would see the other person or the other version of herself that would wink or would say something. And at one point in time, I think in in that show, they were like sitting back to back in one another's to show that she had dual versions of herself living inside of one person. So I think that there are creative options they can use. Um, and I think at the end of the day, all that really has to happen is the audience understands what's happening. So if Victor Garber, um, I mean, uh, if he's if one side is taken over then we just need to see him. And if the other side's dominant, then we just need to see him. It may not be anything sophisticated at all. It'll just be something where, you know, the audience knows who's controlling what at the time. And I just, you know, I just thought of heroes um, because, you know, Ali Larder's character was not always in control when the other person, the other version of her decided to take over and, and <laughs> take out some people. So, um, you know, I kind of think of that, and I think that they'll have options on how to make it work. I think it's really good that Caitlin, at the end of this episode, decided that she was ready to move on. Because next week, she has to see her ex-fiancé, and he's not going to know her. And how painful is that going to be for her? Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm still expecting um, Caitlin to have this major breakdown episode and i think that when she started to discover more what's happened to ronnie and now how she's how he how he's connected to to um stein i think that yeah it's it's she's not going to take it well at all one of the things that we saw in this episode too um in the limited time that we got to see iris um <clears throat> she actually took a photo of the flash the last time she saw him as he sped by and um, immediately after that happened, I wondered if she was going to look at it for very long and if we were going to get any kind of indication that she might recognize who's behind the mask there, uh, especially since um, I think they went on and, and published it. Um, 
but uh, there was no reference to that. Um, and, you know, that all ties into just more of the uh, really interesting um, developments that are taking place um, between now w- what originally was just Iris and Barry and Barry trying to help her, you know, kind of gain some clout there at uh, uh, where she works. And now Linda's into the picture and uh, she meets Linda and finds out they're going out on a date. And you can tell they're both kind of uncomfortable um, as they leave. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, all of this begins to unfold just at that one <laughs> that one publication between um, her following the Flash and getting pictures like that, and then the what could be kind of an interesting relationship triangle between the three of them in that office. And when you figure how Iris is doing everything she can to gain credibility there, uh, to have a workplace romance involved in this too probably isn't going to help matters much that impacts three people that or two people that work there. I think it's. I think it. Go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say um, that I someone and one of our good friends, um, uh, Rebecca, a host of the Supergirl radio show, she tweeted in her feedback, and I, I'm just going to preview it a little bit right now because she made a very good point. And that is um, um, that I, I can believe a guy can run at super speed, but I have a hard time believing that a smartphone can take a picture of him, but otherwise really solid episode. Like She makes a good point that how was she able to just take a photo? Like, that's just supposed to be. How was that supp- supposed to make any sense in a way? Because, well, he's too fast, and a smartphone can they? Could they really do that and make it look that great? It must be one of those new cameras that has the motion stabilization <laughs> built into it. No, because you're right. You wouldn't be able to take a picture of something that clearly that's moving that fast like technically it should have been a really blurry picture this is called suspension of disbelief (laughs) you know you just have to kind of yeah i mean yeah i mean i think every a lot of people probably thought that about you know how just unbelievably clear that picture was but you know you just kind of let it go yeah but um i think it's gonna it would be interesting to see how if this if this will have any major repercussions because I kind of I was kind of expecting to see Barry have some sort of final interaction with Iris in this episode and that, and say you know how like was it really that smart for you to post a photo of the Flash or whatnot and uh, but I think now he's probably going to be more careful in the, in the future so but um, but yeah I don't know I, I think. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that whole thing goes out, if there will be a triangle between uh, Barry, Iris, and The Flash, like a la Superman, Lois Lane, and Clark Kent. Yeah, I think it's a really... I mean, I know Linda is a character in the comics, but I think it's a really, really good decision to make Linda work at the newspaper with Iris because Iris has always had Barry all to herself. They grew up together. He's always been in love with her. And now just the way that Barry had to get used to Iris and Eddie dating, Iris is now going to have to get used to Linda and Barry dating. And she has the competition at her job. So I think that's a perfect way to kind of like unsettle Iris a little bit so that she takes interest in Barry's life again. Speaking of um, this episode, uh, we, 
Henry Allen had a very rough one. Yeah, Henry Allen got put in the hospital. How terrible was that? I cried, and I was, I was like, no, they're not gonna kill him off. But it was still like, you know, th- you know, what, when you get when you get stabbed once or you get punched up once, that can you know always lead to getting more injuries. So I'm like, is is something bad going to happen to Henry Allen by the end of the season? I don't know. I hope not. But, um, no, I I liked his scenes in this episode and that he, especially the moment at the beginning where he, where Joe, oh, I love Joe Wes, where he made, he, he fixed so that uh, Barry and he could, like, stand in front of each other without a glass mirror or window in front of them. So that was kind of like, aww. Yeah, I love every scene that John Wesley Shipp is in with Grant Gustin. I think their father-son chemistry is just, it really comes through. It's just so touching. So, okay, do you guys think that Henry knows that Barry is the Flash? Yes. It sure seems like it. Otherwise, that whole that final scene would have felt like such a jerker. Be like, you know, well, if he was my son, I would say that he needs to be more careful, and that. Uh, but he's a hero to me, and I'm proud of him. And then he's like, uh, so who's up for Chinese? And he's like, you know, I don't, think, I don't think Barry is uh, the Flash. No, I think he knows, and I think. Come on, I think he can recognize his own son in that. Like, it, because it's the face came out very clear in that photo that Iris took. So, no, but I think regardless, I think he knows. Well, I mean, he 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 laid out exactly how he knows. I mean, it it's more than a coincidence that he rats at. You know, he says, you know, Dad, who did this? And he goes, "This is the guy that did it. He's here, and he's <laughs> one of this uh, one of this guy's gang members." And then Leia, like he says, it turn, you know, moments later, the guy, the Flash, shows up and drops him outside of the <laughs> outside of the uh, prison where he can uh, where he has his sentence extended. Uh, yeah, that's more than just kind of a you know funny circumstance. Exactly. No, I I agree. But um, yeah, this was a you know. I, I, people will think that maybe this this discussion seems short, but this was a very straightforward episode. And by do think we have one major thing we need to discuss, and that's that post credit scene with uh, holy crap, it's Gorilla Grodd, <laughs> that enormous gorilla. Guys, we we're getting Gorilla Grodd on television, on a television budget. That was awesome. <laughs> it's amazing what they can do on TV these days in terms of effects and just big reveals like that. Yeah, this is the one a lot of us have been waiting for ever since that tease in the very, very beginning. So, and I, you know, I think they told us that he was going to appear this season. And uh, so, and I didn't know he was going to make an appearance at the end of this episode, but once, once it kind of, you know, once the episode ended and, and we get dropped in uh, that location uh, there at the end, I thought, oh, I wonder if this is it. And then sure enough, he's got it written on the wall there. And yeah, I thought the reveal was was uh, pretty awesome. So um, <laughs> the hard part is I almost wonder how many fans, though, after getting so excited about that and they and they throw the you know, they throw the trailer for next week and um, 
it has you, you don't see Gorilla Grodd at all. <laughs> you almost wonder if people were thinking, you know, that uh, we were going to get some of him in the next episode, but you didn't see him in that trailer. So, yeah, I just wonder if, you know, a lot of people that were fired up about seeing him, you know, are now finding themselves wondering when we're going to see him again. Yeah, I... <laughs> I think that they're setting him up as a season two villain. I don't think that Flash and Gorilla will fight this season. Like, look, and that's kind of, I, I'm, and that's actually, you know, as a from a from a critic standpoint, I hope they don't do that that season because look, we, it's don't look. The Flash world has some amazing villains and characters, but I feel like you don't need to introduce all. Like, maybe you can introduce. For example, with the Rogue, introduce all of them, but don't form the team until next season. I feel the same way with Gorilla Grodd. Is that make him a you know just set him up that he is out there, and then maybe the the, the next big reveal can be that he actually he can actually talk. See, that's that the he, other he thing. Somehow- that's uh, that's the only other thing I wondered about was I was wondering if we were going to hear him say anything as well. But no, they just kept it to you know taking those guys apart i guess but yeah that was the one thing i was kind of anticipating even though it was evident they were going to show us something was was he going to speak in that scene and of course he didn't it would have been funny though if he had you know if i don't know in my mind because they were there was karaoke involved in this episode i just imagine him just going up to the karaoke bar and just singing you know some loving that's that's my girl voice. That's not a good impression. But uh, but but Lauren, what did you think about that? Whole, like, like like how much do you want to see Gorilla Grodd this season, or do you want them to to kind of set just set him up for season two instead? Um, I think he should definitely be a season two villain. Uh, but I like the fact that we get those little teases. I mean, so far every episode this season has had. Not a post-credit scene, but it kind of feels like a post-credit scene where they tease a little something. Whether it's Harrison going into the future room and revealing the suit. Um, you know, I think Ronnie was in a post, well, one of those post-credit scenes a couple episodes back. So even though I don't think we should see him yet, I like the fact that we get these little teases. And for people who read the comics, of course, they were totally freaking out last night. But for people who don't read the comics, they they have something to look forward to in kind of a new and fresh way. Like, I bet a lot of people probably went online last night and googled like who is this grod character you know why is there this big gorilla on the flash and then they you know can read about like his character and his lore i don't know too much about him i've seen some of the animated flash movies on netflix and i know they did a whole or maybe it was a justice league movie or show but i know they did a whole gorilla grod arc so I think it's cool that they're not afraid to do something like that on the show. Like they're not afraid to take that risk. I I agree, but overall, very solid episode. I you know, um, it was a fun. It's a, it was a very fun episode. It was um, very cool to see these relationships take place, and you know, Gorilla Grodd, and you know that big scene with Henry that he possibly knows. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm. Um, um, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not one of the best episodes, I think. I think it was, I thought it was, this was more, you know, kind of like their soft, ep- one of their soft episodes where, um, like I said, I didn't like too much of Shauna and Clay. I wasn't, um, um, I liked, I, I feel like Pied Piper was, again, the better villain in this episode, but, 
but yeah, that's um, it. It, it was a it was a good epi- It was a good episode. So um, shall we jump to some um, Twitter feedback? It's it's Twitter feedback before we wrap up this discussion. Yeah, some of the um, feedback that we saw include this one from Satanic Horse, who <laughs> says, uh, "Linda Park was great. Alan family feels, and then Grodd. And now I need to breathe." Hashtag dead. <laughs> that's a good statement uh, at savvy underscore hobbit said the relationships were everywhere preparing for valentine's day sue brody one said the flash was amazing i love barry's dad and barry and caitlin singing and caitlin's look at barry and the new metahuman at david holcomb eight says I thought tonight's episode was great. New characters and further world development. Great stuff. Uh, Alex underscore Chapman says, Episode was great. Love Linda and Peekaboo. Great scenes between Barry and Dad. Cool friendship scenes with Barry and Caitlin. Uh, Quashan C says, Yes, she is. About yeah, I think she, it was a reply about um, the actress who played oh, Linda okay. Emily's Joe, who was she was she was a lot of fun by the way. I don't know how much we got into it. She was good. Uh, it says and the episode was awesome so far. Can't wait for Gorilla Grodd, smiley face, the flash, the flash. <laughs> um, at crispy forty seven, great episode. Love the rescue at the start, and then the shattering all the lights in the tunnel and flip of the car. Gulardi underscore 13 says, I really need more Grant Gustin singing on The Flash. I'll do anything for a musical Flash episode versus Music Meister. Mm-hmm. At Derby Kid says, I can't believe a guy can run at super speed but have a hard time believing that a smartphone can take a picture of him. Otherwise, really solid episode. And Mike Schmidt 09 says, Seeing Barry... Getting his game on. Ha ha. At Wesley Ship, doing another amazing job as Henry Allen. He really feels like a father to Barry. Plus, Grodd. Someone get a banana. <laughs> yeah, maybe you get a couple <laughs> bananas. So, uh, and also, guys, Mike Schmidt, he's the guy who wrote our theme song for the Flash Podcast, as well as Supergo Radio. So make sure to check out his amazing Flash Opera over at soundcloud.com slash Flash Opera. And, um, yeah, we had a lot of good response last last night. And um, sorry we didn't get to, get to all of them, but, you know, that's that's the, that's the, 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 that's the power of time limits. So, but we're going we're gonna to wrap up this discussion, and we're going to get into some spoiler discussion. But before we do that, you know where you can find the Flash Podcast over at theflashpodcast.com. Facebook and Twitter, just the Flash Podcast. We're part of the Flash Fan Circle over at Google+. Um, find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review us because it's going to come in, into play with our upcoming Flash giveaway. I know I've been mentioning it a lot. I just need I just need to do a few fi- final things with them before we can start you know, doing the giveaway. And um, sh- shout-outs to some of our good friends over at the Mixture Network who, it, who we're part of at Wednesdays at 6 p.m., as well as our good friends over at zaptoit.com. And if you want to email us any questions about the, the podcast or The Flash, just email us at theflashpodcast.gmail.com. Um, Scott and Lauren, talk about Samuel Geeks and Pay Card Podcast. And, um, and, and Lauren, you can go ahead, 
go ahead and uh, plug your things that you do also outside of the podcast. Yeah, if you guys want to uh, engage with me on Twitter, I'm at Lauren underscore Galloway. I also am recapping Jane the Virgin for the Entertainment Weekly community, which you can just type in community.ew.com. And then I'm also recapping Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and just kind of general nerdy news over at fancastic.wordpress.com. Yes, and as of last week, Lauren is a the new associate producer for Assembly of Geeks. Congratulations, Woo-hoo. Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, and, you know, she's already been involved in our Peggy Carter podcast and um, has been a big part of its success. And we will be recording another one of those uh, today, and um, hoping it'll have uh, it'll go live um, Wednesday night this evening. And um, Lauren is also uh, stepping in for Jeff McGee this week on Assembly of Geeks, uh, which was a really fun, uh, you know, episode full of geeky topics. As always, we open up talking about the psychology of Star Wars and Star Trek, and. Um, Gannon actually uh, asked us a series of questions <laughs> at the end of this episode, um, and just to see what our answers are going to be, he asked us questions about Star Wars planets, cosplay, the Harry Potter sorting hat, movie villains, old video games, and several questions to see how uh, Amy, Lauren, and I respond. Uh, so that is uh, the newest episode of Assembly of Geeks. It's called Sci- uh, Sci-Fi Psychology, Geeky Answers, and Blood Elf Selfies. You guys are having so much. You guys are doing so many fun things. To, you know, I, I want to. Hey, Scott. You know what? I want to be on okay. soon. Okay. And I, I, I want to get my own code name. I wanna, I wanna flirt with Ganon, <laughs> and I wanna, I wanna. Uh, oh, I have the good name for us, Gandy. There you go. It's, it's happening. It's, ha- it's happening already. It. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Lauren, you know, you you will be back with us next week, and oh my God, what an episode you're gonna be part of because Firestorm is coming. <laughs> and but we would before we get to the spoiler section, I just want to say thank you so much for coming back. It's always fun to have you on the show, as well as, um, you know, talking about the Flash and you know, uh, anything that is the you know whether it's Snowberry or it's anything like that. It's it's amazing. So thank you so much for coming back, and we look forward to chatting with you again next weekend you know she, you know, she, she will be in the spoiler section but you know for anyone who's going to tune out right now because maybe some of you don't want to hear spoilers so that's just a thing but um yeah but yeah we're gonna jump into the spoiler section now for next week's episode so for our members adam holmes who will be back in a few weeks chris duker and steph i'm andrew Bucht. i'm scott murray and i'm lauren galloway And we will see you next week on The Flash Podcast.
memories. Memories that I know aren't my own. The Hudson Falls? That's why Ronnie proposed to me. Professor Stein! I know you don't want to hurt anyone else. Martin Stein and Ronnie Raymond share a body. Ronnie? Not Ronnie. Any attempt to separate the two of them could be catastrophic. He should go nuclear. Barry, get out of there! The Flash, new hit series this Tuesday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And welcome back to the spoiler section for next week's episode of The Flash, where you just heard was a trailer for The Nuclear Man. And I'm, I'm, I probably said it wrong because I can't talk properly, but it's a big episode and Scott is going to read us the official description of that episode and we're going to get into our speculations about that episode. Next week's episode is entitled The Nuclear Man, says Robbie Amell and Victor Garber will guest star as Firestorm. It says, after Ronnie attacks a physicist, guest star Bill Dow, Barry and the team realize they need to go after Caitlin's fiancé, who is now a dangerous metahuman. They deduce the best way to track Ronnie is to find Dr. Martin Stein, who is Victor Garber, who was working on a project called Firestorm. Barry struggles to find Barry struggles to balance his duties as the Flash and his relationship with Linda Park, and Joe enlists Cisco's help to reinvestigate the murder of Nora Allen, played by Michelle Harrison. General Eiling, played by Clancy Brown, returns to General uh, Central City, and Glenn Winter directed this episode, which was written by Andrew Kreisberg and Catherine Walzak. I like that Catherine, I think she's the one who also wrote episode 5 with plastique on it, because she has the military background, so I kind of like that with General Ealing coming out as she wrote that episode. I just noticed it now, so, um, no, I'm, a, I'm very excited about this episode, I... Uh, I know Shag Matthews and FirestormFan.com is really looking forward to this one. And um, maybe, who knows, maybe you will hear him a little bit next week talk about this episode. We we might do a little something, something. Because, of course, he's our buddy Firestorm. Like, he, we need to talk about that. But I'm, um, Lauren, you know what? I want to let, let, uh, let people know what you think about this upcoming episode, what you're most excited about, and uh, what you're looking forward to in seeing Victor freaking Garber on TV. <laughs> Yes, so I mentioned this in this week's episode, Assembly of Geeks. I love Victor Garber, mostly because he was Sidney Bristow's dad, Jack Bristow on Alias. And every single time I see Victor Garber, he could be in anything. He could be in Glee, he could be in Argo, and I always think that his character is, like, still undercover. Um <laughs> Because his character was always undercover. He is, you know, he was like the super spy. So, um, yeah, everything about this description is awesome. I love the fact that Glenn Winter is directing this episode because Glenn Winter is the man. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that Andrew Kreisberg has a writing credit on this episode because I has he written any other Flash episodes yet? Is this his first? I think it's been. I think he may have been contributing to a story. Uh, you know, after. The first two or three episodes, but you remember they're, do- they're doing both Arrow and The Flash. So I think maybe they're. I'm not. I, you know, I don't have the information in front of me right now. But I'm. I'm. I think you're right. This is the first time in a while since he's been getting a writing credit for an episode, or that he's been part of writing an episode. So, and you know, I love Andrew. He's a you know really cool dude, and he's a great writer. And he. So I. I. I think that it's cool. Cool that he's also back, kind of for the comic book side of things. Um, when it comes to Firestorm and stuff like that, so. Um, Scott, what are you looking forward to seeing this episode? Like, are you are you a big Victor Garber fan? 
Oh, yeah. I think, you know, he's just one of those guys that can play several different things, as Lauren was saying. Um, I mean, for me, I'm just, you know, as we were alluded to in the episode, it's just going to be interesting to see how they how they choose to handle and portray the dual um, personality uh, aspect of, of these two characters and how they coexist. So um, that's what I'm really interested to see, as we talked about earlier. I'm looking forward to see how they will introduce the mythology of Firestorm. I, I'm really excited about to see Victor Garber too. Um, I never saw Alias, sadly, but I, I'm I promise I will uh, before I you know before this lifetime is over. Um, because it seems like a very fun show. Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix, and oh, it's really easy to binge because it's like this massive arc. So, like, if you have a free day, you can kill like ten episodes. But okay. you have to watch it. Victor Garber, he's amazing in it. Well, I love Jennifer. I, you know, I love. There's a lot of great actors on Alias. I like. I love Jennifer Gardner, for example. She's uh, she's terrific. So no, but I'm looking forward to see. I'm interested to see how Joe is just going to pull in Cisco into the investigation, and so on, because. Well, take legally, is that okay for him to do that? That he can just pull in, you know, a scientist who wasn't even. Well, he was probably just a kid when it all happened, and like, no, I would like to see how that would, um, how that would, how that would work. I'm, I'm sorry, a little bit all over the place, guys. Um, I'm not gonna say what it is to you, listeners, but it's. I just got some really good news personally, so I'm a little bit distracted. <laughs> Distract hashtag distracted podcaster live. I really want to see Martin Stein a lot because I feel we've a good taste of Ronnie now. So I'm hoping that this episode is really all about Martin, that we will see things from his perspective a lot, um, and and then also Ronnie's, of course. But I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna mix up say Robbie when we mean Ronnie, and then we're gonna say Robbie when we, when we mean. I mean Ronnie, so uh, excuses in in advance. But uh, no, Firestorm. You know, I've been intrigued by this idea since day one when he when he said Robbie Mel was gonna get was casted as Firestorm because, like Shag and I've been talking about a lot, we never thought we would see something like Firestorm on television. And and also, by the way, Human Torch has nothing on Firestorm, just so you know. <laughs> but. Um, but but is there anything else we want to say about this episode before we um, wrap up? Yeah, I'm glad we get to see General Ailing again because I love Clancy Brown. I mean, he is you know an iconic voiceover actor for the DC universe, and so it's awesome anytime he's able to make an appearance on the show. And you know, he and Doctor Wells have history, and so the fact that you know, he's in another episode, I think means we'll get to know a little bit more about what Dr. Wells is up to. Cause I feel like this last episode, we didn't get a lot of Dr. Wells, which was okay. Cause we got a lot of Wells in the Pied Piper episode, but I just, I love learning more about Wells and uh, his bigger plan. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing more as well. And um, it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to having you back for, for that, back for that episode, Laura. And I think we're going to have some really cool discussions. And, uh, and, and, and Scott, you know, I, I'm looking forward to get your take on... Because I, I always like it to watch it through your eyes sometimes, Scott, because you're not this big comic book person. So I kind of like to see... <laughs> no, 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 but I'm, I'm serious. I like to view... I, I like to see through your eyes and see how you're taking this all in. Because to me, it's like, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. But to me, when I listen to you talk, I get to feel this new perspective about 
how how to watch the show. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. But, uh, but guys, thank you so much for sticking around. Listen to our episode. We will see you next week in a flash.